I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew Jones. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. He's got the ball. Jared Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Today we've got another edition of our Q&A podcast. We've got three questions today that have been sent in from you guys on our Instagram page, and we're going to dive into those. Our first question comes from Leroy in Malabar. He asks, in your opinion, what is the greatest moment in rugby league? Question number two comes from Billy. Billy asks, what did you learn from the first round of the NRL, and which of your predictions have changed? Our third question comes from Peter in Brisbane. He asks, what are your thoughts on David Fafita and his future at the Brisbane Broncos? Three cracking questions there. Let's kick it off. Our first question comes from Leroy. He asks, in your opinion, what is the best moment in rugby league? Christ, Leroy, one hell of a question. Um, The game of rugby league is just made up of magic moments. Games are won in moments, and there's just so many to look back on over the last 50-odd years. Just, you know, before I was born, since I was born, some that I've been there, like, that I've been lucky enough to see live, there's been some incredible moments. Um, Some that spring to mind for me... Uh, I was lucky enough to be at a number of grand finals over the last 15-odd years, and some of the ones that stand out to me are, you know, quite often it's about the journey that leads to the moment. So um, premierships like 2003 with the Panthers when Scott Sattler made that tackle on Todd Byrne flying down the uh, left touch line, you know. It wasn't just about that tackle. It was the moments that led up to that tackle. Penrith had come from absolutely nowhere to be in that grand final, let alone to win it. Um, just one of the most incredible seasons ever of rugby league in 2003. Uh, the year after, I was lucky enough to be there to see the Bulldogs defeat the Roosters in the 2004 grand final. And, you know, once again, it's about the journey. You know, the Bulldogs looked destined to win the premiership in 2002, lost all their points. 
Uh, got beaten in the semifinals in 2003 by the Roosters, who, by the way, won the 2002 Premiership that, you know, just seemed to be destined to go to Canterbury. That we then get to the 2004 season and, you know, the, the Coffs Harbour scandal strikes for the Bulldogs at the start of the season. And, you know, it all just led up to this season and it was just, it was just so fitting. You know, the Roosters were heavy favourites. It was Brad Fittler's last ever game and that game was just unbelievable. There's a tackle in the last minute that I believe is one of the most underrated tackles of all time. Canterbury are leading 16-13 and Brett Finch takes it down the right edge and throws a cutout ball to Mick Crocker. He's going straight through a hole, and Andrew Ryan just makes an unbelievable desperation tackle, grabs him by by the ankles, and Crocker knocks the ball on, and Canterbury take home the premiership. That was another incredible moment. Um, you know, the, the year after, you could also mention the Tigers of 2005, another fairy tale story. You know, they were... They were 100 to 1 to win that premiership halfway through the year, and it all just clicked off the back of Benji Marshall, Scott Prince, Brett Hodgson, Robbie Farrar. You know, we haven't really seen a team that's won a premiership like that since, and not many before. Those years between 2003 and 2005, they were something seriously magical. And obviously, that 2005 grand final, when, you know, when the Cowboys kicked it deep into the, in, into the back right corner, and Benji returned the ball and took them on, and went down the left touch line and flicked it back to Paddy Richards and he palmed off, I think it was uh, Jensen, who's, you know, a notable defender himself. So even after the flick, you know, that that try, it was the job was far from done and Pat Richards just summed the moment up perfectly and that that's another game that I was there for that I'll never forget. Uh, another one was the Storm in 2012. Uh, for them to win that premiership after what they'd been through with the salary cap scandal and losing a lot of players and all that, that was a pretty magical moment there. Souths in 2014, ending their drought, uh, watching G.I. score that try. That was unbelievable. I think that's the loudest noise I've ever heard when he was running to score that try. That was crazy, especially when you throw in what happened to Sam Burgess that game. And there's just so much history behind that game and that moment. And the other one that I was lucky enough to be there for was 2016 when Cronulla won their premiership. Um, they'd been waiting 50-odd years for that. And that last play where Melbourne just went coast to coast, they went 50 metres, they went 100 metres sideways, and then finally the Cronulla Sharks made that tackle in the right corner. It was unbelievable. You know, the celebrations there, It was there was just so much emotion there that night. That was pretty special. But if I had to lock it down to the three best moments in rugby league for me, they would go something like this. I think my third favourite moment in rugby league history would have to be the 1997 Grand Final. Andrew Johns scoots down the short side, uh, dummies to the outside and finds Darren Albert back on his inside and Albert strolls over, scores under the sticks and the Newcastle Knights win their first ever premiership. Once again, um, incredible moment, but it's the journey to the moment. Super League was going on at the time. Rugby League was split. The town of Newcastle was going through terrible hardships at the time and you know, I've heard, you know, Matty Johns, Andrew Dons, Badiras, Robbie O, all of them talk about how it was the premiership that the town really needed. Uh, it was a huge lift for the town at a really terrible time. And that's the that's the sort of effect that rugby league can have, you know. It's just, that, that's an amazing iconic moment that you'll recognise from my introduction to my podcast because it's just such a standout for me and it's one of those moments you just remember where you were when it happened. Incredible stuff. Uh, for me, my second favourite moment was um, a game that I, I'm so incredibly lucky to have been at uh, was the 2015 Grand Final. For many people, this will be number one. It's it, it's it's just in second place for me, but you know, watching Kyle Felt score that try 
And then where JT kicked the goal from, my seats were sort of just behind him, so I had a perfect angle for it. And, you know, in the air, you would have put your house on it. It was going over, and, you know, the sound of it hitting, hitting the crossbar, it just echoed around ANZ Stadium and the, the anguish on his face. It was it was incredible. I remember as I was watching it in the air and then it hit the bar, I looked down at JT, but then I also looked down in the corner and Adam Blair was standing on his own, leaning on the quarter post and just the excitement on his face when he knew his team still had a chance. It was just it was, it was a moment just full of so many emotions. And then, of course, we kicked off extra time. Um, they kicked to Ben Hunt. He made his blunder after having an absolute cracking game and you know the anguish on his face and the disappointment for him and the Broncos but it just set up for one of the greatest moments in rugby league we've ever seen and probably one of the greatest we will ever see you know you all know how it ends JT gets the ball kicks his field goal James Tamu takes the hit up before and really lays a fantastic platform that gave Thurston all the time in the world just one of those moments another one that you'll you'll never forget where you were when it happened, and it was just an unbelievable moment in rugby league history. Our number one moment in rugby league history came almost 30 years ago, well, actually 30 years ago, um, in the 1990 Kangaroo Tour of England. Um, You know, for our younger crowd that, you know, wouldn't know anything about this tour, if it's ever on Fox or you can find anything on YouTube, I highly advise you go and watch this series. It was unbelievable. Let me just read some of the names that are in this Australian side. Greg Alexander, Gary Belchar, John Cartwright, Laurie Daly, Benny Elias, Andrew Eddinghausen, Brad Fittler, Mark Geyer, Des Hasler, Alan Langer, Glenn Lazarus, Cliffy Lyons, Mal Meninga, Mark McGaw, Steve Roach, Dale Shearer, Paul Sirenen, Ricky Stewart, and Kevin Walters. Just some of the all-time greats of rugby league and some of the true entertainers. This series was incredible. Um, England won the first game, which just shocked the world. They came out and performed incredibly. Then it went to game two, and uh, the scores were really close. Got down to about the last 10 minutes, and Ricky Stewart um, threw an intercept on about halfway, and England took it all the way under the sticks and seemingly had won the game. It was just a heartbreaking moment for the Kangaroos and, and for Ricky Stewart especially. We talked about James Maloney a few years ago in Origin where he threw the intercept and it just didn't rattle him at all. And Ricky Stewart was that sort of competitor and footballer as well. He, he just took the moment on. And a few sets later in the dying minutes of the game, Stewart took the line on from his own half, dummied and went straight through. And he's cruising, cruising down, waiting to get to the fullback. He's waiting for Eddinghausen or Mal Meninga to find him. And in the background of Stewart's run, you can see Meninga. There's English defenders all around him. And he's bumping them out of the way with his shoulders, you know, in a legal fashion. But he's sort of ice skating them out of the way, bumping, bruising them. And then he appears on Ricky Stewart's left shoulder and Ricky pops it to him. And the Kangaroos win game two and keep the series alive, keep the Ashes alive. And then they go on to win game three as well. And it was just an incredible series. And that moment by Ricky Stewart, you know, it sums up rugby league for me. You know, he was down in the shits. He'd lost the game for Australia. It was all over. All the fingers were getting ready to be pointed at Ricky Stewart. And then he steps up and delivers a play like that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Under pressure, it was incredible. Once again, if you're too young to remember it, if you weren't alive then, make sure you go and find some highlights. Watch that game. There's another try they score, either in that game or maybe in the first game, which I think is one of the greatest tries of all time. It goes through about 18 sets of hands. Andrew Renninghausen ends up flying down the right-hand side touchline, and he bombs it back to midfield, and uh, Cliffy Lyon catches it and scores, and it's one of the most incredible tries. They were a really special group of players on that Kangaroo Tour. I highly advise you get some highlights. If you can watch all three games, sit down and watch them, because it is rugby league at its absolute peak. Our second question comes from Billy. He asks, what did you learn from round one? And are you changing any of your preseason predictions? Great question, Billy. Um, Look, at the end of the day, it's only round one. There's a long way to go. Uh, It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, there's little things you can take out of round one. But at the moment, there's not any drastic changes I'd make. I mean, the teams that not shocked me, but were much better than I thought are the Penrith Panthers, you know, I said all off-season that I thought Api Curacao would be the buyer of the season, and that's looking a great shout at the moment. But I didn't think he'd have as much effect as what he had. You know, I didn't think Penrith would have a cr- fantastic season, to be honest with you. Uh, when they when the game started, they kicked out on the full, and then they were down 12-0 in 25 minutes. I just thought, oh, my God, here we go again. You know, this incredibly talented squad is going to underachieve again. And then Appy and Cleary, they... They really clicked into gear, and um, I'm happy to say I think I'm going to be wrong about Penrith. I think they're going to have a really big year, and I really like the squad. Um, Their depth is fantastic too. Some really handy forwards that are not making that team at the moment. Uh, You've still got Stephen Crichton, who's got to come into the side at some point. You've got Dylan Edwards still to come back. You've got Tyrone May to come back. Depth is really good there. Penrith looked to be the goods in 2020, and um, I think I underestimated them without a doubt. The other team I think I may have underestimated is the Brisbane Broncos. Um, they really impressed me. Brodie Croft especially. I'm not the biggest fan of Brodie Croft. I didn't think he'd be the answer for them, and I'm not convinced he is yet, but he looked much better the other night than what I thought he would, Um, and I'm not sure if that's saying more about Brisbane or more about the Cowboys, but, you know, all signs are looking good at the moment, so we'll wait and see how Croft goes, but he's one that I didn't expect him to be playing as well as he did the other night in the first round, let alone in the first few weeks. So for me, probably Penrith and Brisbane, I think I underestimated teams that disappointed me. Definitely the Dragons. That was just a huge letdown to spend three months preparing for that season and then to throw that up. Extremely disappointing. Uh, Titans as well. Their second half was good, but their attitude in the first half, especially in defense, like just incredibly disappointing. And I think the new coach would be beside himself because there's no doubt that he would have come into that preseason with a big focus on defense, and they just didn't show up. Blokes weren't prepared to put their body on the line. Billy just made life easy for Canberra in the first half, and I know it's Canberra. It's a really tough gig to face in your first game, but the Titans boys had a chance to really draw a line in the sand there and show that they're going to defend their line this year, and they just didn't. Um, I mean, it was 6 all in the second half, and it was probably the worst half of footy I've seen from Canberra in probably eight or nine months, so... Titans definitely disappointed me. I hope to see them bounce back. Uh, the Knights impressed me. They look very strong, you know, especially considering it was wet weather footy. Didn't suit their style at all. 
but they overcame that obstacle and they looked really good. So I'm very interested to see how their season unfolds. I thought Caleb Honga looked unbelievable. I've heard a lot of people have huge raps on him in the preseason. I wasn't as big on him, but it looks like I'll probably be wrong there because he is absolutely flying. The other team that disappointed me a little bit was the Parramatta Reels. I'm not going to say they surprised me, though. I mean, all the talk's been about them this year and how they should be premiership favourites and they're going to win a comp this year. And, you know, it, it's sooner or later people have to realise competitions, they're not won on paper. It doesn't matter how good your team is, is on paper. It's completely meaningless. That team, you know, they showed the other night that, you know, they couldn't quite get the job done in attack. Now, they were playing Canterbury, who did show up, but... That Parramatta side, they should be putting Canterbury away. They've got so much ability and so much raw talent on that team that in attack especially, I would expect a lot more. Thankfully, they defended really well. That's a really strong sign for Parramatta. Uh, blokes like Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown, I thought they defended really well, which is a really good sign. I'm sure their attack will come. I still don't think they're going to win a premiership this year. I know people are very high on them, and it's only round one. They will improve out of sight, I'm sure of it. I don't think they're going to win a premiership this year. After seeing the Melbourne Storm in round one, I'm going to stick with that with my prediction that Melbourne are going to win the premiership. Their defense was incredible. And Melbourne did something the other day that they've really struggled to do for the last 15 years or so. You know, they went into halftime without scoring a try. Craig Bellamy had to adapt their game. They couldn't rely on scripted footy. You could see they were trying to insert Pappenhausen into all these trick plays and all these moves. It wasn't working for them. Manly defended incredibly well. Manly going to be the real deal this year. Back to Melbourne, though. So what they had to do, they had to play off their head. They had to play unscripted footy. They produced three tries off kicks in the second half. It's a sign of good coaching. They went in with a plan. It wasn't working. They had to change it up. Bellamy is the best in the game at it. You can see the good teams what they do in the second half. Because that's when they go into the sheds, they talk about what's going on, everyone puts in their little bit, and they work out a plan to take advantage of the opposition. They adapt to obstacles. Melbourne and the Roosters do it better than anyone else, and we've already seen it from Melbourne. They will win the 2020 Premiership, in my opinion. I'm going to stick with that prediction. Our final question comes from Peter in Brisbane. He asks, thoughts on David Fafita and his future at the Broncos? Um, look, David Fafita is a freakish talent. He is like nothing we've ever seen before. You just heard that commentary from his game on Friday night where he, you know, he. <laughs> the amazing thing about David Fafita is that he scores all of his tries from a standing start. He's never really been used properly. He's never had a halfback that sets him up, that gets him deep, that gets him running off the back fence. He's just, you know, they just pop the ball out to him and see what happens. And more often than not, he produces something amazing. He'll break three or four tackles or he'll run 60 metres like we saw the other night. If you haven't listened to Matt Johns' podcast this week, he, he goes in depth on it and he says it better than what I ever would. But he is desperate. He's just screaming for a halfback to come along that knows how to use him, that knows how to utilize him properly. You know, Brody Croft, I don't think Brody Croft is the man to do that. I mean, we saw Felice Cafusi burst onto the scene in Melbourne. He looked amazing. As soon as you got Brody Croft with him, he just looked a little bit lost. I'm I'm not con- convinced that Croft has the ability to be able to use a guy like David Fafita, but if he does develop into the sort of seven that David, David Fafita needs, 
it really could be the making of Brodie Croft's career. Um, you know, I know that Alan Langer and some and Kevin Walters and a few other guys are around Brisbane headquarters, and I really think that Croft needs to be getting some expert opinions and some expert training on how to utilise a guy like David Fafita. If you're a halfback and you don't work out the best way to use, I'm going to say it, a once-in-a-generation talent, something is going seriously wrong there. I'm hoping that Anthony Seabold, you know, it's his second year at the club, He's starting to get their shapes and their structures set as he likes them. And that entire left-hand side, I would be setting that around David Fafita. He's the sort of guy that if he doesn't score when he gets the ball, he bends the line, he'll break tackles, he'll get a quick play of the ball, and you play off the back of that. If he doesn't make a break, he lays the perfect platform to put the defense on the back foot and take advantage. His future's massive. I don't know where he's going to end up. Personally, I can't see him leaving Brisbane. But if the right club came knocking that had the right halfback to use him, my advice would be to David Fafita, go wherever the best seven is. If he had a Nathan Cleary or he had a Luke Keary or one of those sort of footballers that he could run off and they and, and they could tell him where they need him to be, where he needs to get to, he could be anything. He's not being utilised properly at the moment and he's still winning games off his own back when he's standing still. He's a freakish talent that needs to be utilised properly and... The sky is the limit for him. Once again, go and listen to Matt John's podcast. He just puts it perfectly. Well worth a listen there. Thanks for tuning in again to another episode of the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Uh, enjoy your round two of footy. Unfortunately, I think it might be the last bit of ball that we see for a couple of months now. So take it all in. Enjoy it. Make sure you, uh, if you're over 18, jump on Moneyball. Click on the link in our bio. Turn your super coach knowledge into cold, hard cash. It could be the last time you get to do it for a while. So dive in. Remember to gamble responsibly. Enjoy the footy. Kick to corners. And remember, always play smart footy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.